Welcome to the Biz Bash podcast, where we make biz strategy a piece of cake. I'm Elizabeth. And I'm Cammie, but you might know us better as Eliza and Calligraphy and Cammie Monet. We want to help you, our fellow stationers, artists, and calligraphers, confidently build a profitable and personality-driven creative biz. We're here to share our honest-to-goodness advice and actionable strategies for ambitious artists. So put on your party hat, quit being a procrastinator gator, and let's get this party started. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of Q and Cake. Today is Q and Cake number three. We love doing these Q and Cake episodes with you guys. It feels like we get to hear a little bit from you, have a greater connection, and can help you out with all your burning questions. So we're just going to hop on into this and get cranking. So Elizabeth, why don't you go ahead and ask our first question and we can answer it. Yeah, of course. Okay. So our first one is from Bella Script Designs and she is asking us, I've recently run into an issue of needing to increase my pricing for certain freelance projects because they're not worth my time otherwise. What's a nice and professional way to let these customers and vendors know that I'll be raising my prices? I feel like I owe them a reason, but I cannot figure out the best way to say this. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, my first initial reaction to this is you don't have to let anyone know that you're raising your prices unless they're like a recurring client, you know, like if it's something that you're working with on, um, like where it keeps continuing month after month or something like, you know, maybe you're working on a design with them or some kind of thing like that, then you definitely need to let them know. But if you're just doing your invitations, I'm just spitballing for other people here. Um, You don't have to let people know that you raised your prices. You just do it. (laughs) So I know, very helpful. But when you (laughs) do need to let people know, um, the best strategy, of course, is to be honest and upfront about it and just remain confident and don't apologize. So simple and sweet, I would just say, explain to them why you're raising your prices, probably because you need to offer more value, you gain more experience, you um, have more of a reputation in the industry as being better, your business is getting better, so you're giving them better value. So I would just say something like, we want to continue to grow and serve you and be better, so we'll be raising our rates on this date and give them a date. Um, in order to get the current rates, you need to book by this date. So you're re- rewarding their loyalty by giving them a date that they can go ahead and move forward booking with you. And they're going to feel like they're getting a deal because they booked with you um, before your price increase. And also just explaining why. Like They're like, dang, she's that good to raise her prices. I'm definitely going to want to get on this on this rate. And you know, it makes sense on why you're raising your prices. So that's my little tangent on that. <laughs> Yeah. The other thing you could always say too is um, I've taken time to review everything in my business and going forward, there need to be a couple of changes, including me raising my pricing to be able to serve you guys better, kind of bring it back to the same point. And exactly what Cami said is perfect. Like we'll be doing it by this date and book by X date to get the current pricing. And Cammy's right. Like you don't have to let everyone know. You would only have to let people know, like maybe you have a wedding planner who refers work to you. It'd be probably good to let them know and send them an yeah. update. Um, or maybe you have a customer who's kind of on the fence about booking you too. That would be an instance where you would talk to them, but don't make it any more painful than it has to be. It really, it should be painless. It should be just that you're confident in making that decision. And uh, Cammie put a great little note here that if you're booking at 100%, you should probably raise your prices. Uh, So Mm -hmm. for any of you out of there who are feeling super crazy, overwhelmed, super busy, don't have any time in the day to do anything else or just bombarded with work, raise your prices. Supply and demand is a pretty simple principle in the business world (laughs) and extend it to yourself if you're in 
really high uh, demand, then am I saying this right, Cammie? Yeah, if you're really, you're, really high demand, raise your prices. Yeah, you've earned the price increase. So don't feel bad about it. I think we get so weird about pricing and be like, oh, it's going to be a little bit more. Just be confident and don't apologize. I know I just said that, but I can't stress that enough. Like you have, you don't need to be sorry for raising your prices. They should still be thrilled to work with you because you're an awesome person. So that's how I feel about that. So just be confident with it. (laughs) You got this. Um, So yeah, I feel like we got that one. Knock that one out of the park. What's next? The next one, I'm also going to read this one too, because Cammie has the best insight. So (laughs) I'll read it and then she can kind of launch into it. This is from Jess Married and that's J-E-S in the word married. Uh, And she says, sorry for the weird pause. Uh, Do you always or do you at all provide the original artwork with a wedding suite? How about a pet portrait? I tend to be kind of messy with my artwork and I compile a lot in Photoshop, so I wasn't sure if I could still price higher for my services if I wasn't providing the original for a client. Thanks so much. Obsessed with the podcast and you guys. Thank you. Oh. Oh, thanks. Okay. Well, I, I just noticed her part about the pet portrait, so I'll just um, uh, answer that part real quick. So I my pet portraits that I give to the client are the originals. I don't do any like Photoshop editing on those. That is the original painting, which is why they're a higher price. Um, and sometimes they still order prints from those too. But most time, just giving the original for the pet portrait. So um, any custom artwork, they get the original. And then, of course, with wedding suites, when I do artwork for the client, so, you know, I'm doing a lot of crest uh, maps and stuff like that, floral design. So any original artwork that is not just like, a weird little tiny illustration. I give it to them. Like I love to kind of surprise them, even though they kind of know it's coming at this point, but I love to send them in the mail when they're not expecting it. Um, maybe for their crest, I did a portrait of their dog. And so I'll just send that to them in the mail and be like, thought you guys might want this like for your home. And they always like love it. Um, and then, you know, any illustrations like venue illustrations, I send them all the original artwork. In fact, it's been a selling point for me. Um, if a client's kind of on the fence, I can be like, by the way, Anything I create for you, custom for your suite, I'm going to go ahead and give that to you and you get artwork for your home in the process. And literally, they love that. Like, <laughs> I think that's definitely a great selling point. And things that I do um, edits on in Photoshop, for instance, like the custom maps, I add um, the lettering in Photoshop just so I can have the flexibility to change the colors and whatnot. Um, then I'll just sometimes I'll just do like an 11 by 14 print and mail that to them. So it's not an original, but it's still something bigger that they can use as a keepsake. And some of my clients even want like the sketches and like the different proofs of their calligraphy names. Like they want everything that I've worked on. I think that's really cool because they love seeing the process behind it. So I wouldn't be like so too worried about whether you're providing every single little thing, but it does make a little bit more special for your client if you are giving them that custom artwork and it can set you apart. And I would say, yes, you could still price higher if you're not providing the original because you have to remember like what you're valuing is your time that's going into this. And I will counter and say, I don't advertise anywhere that they get original artwork. I don't use that as a way to sell my services just because... I get, oh my gosh, like this goes back to the whole like artist and entrepreneur thing too. I don't really consider (laughs) myself an artist. I consider myself more an entrepreneur and I'm like really messy with my artwork and my process. Plus some of the ways that I do my illustrations now involve both line drawing 
and watercolor and I put them together in Photoshop later. So that's kind of like a weird like a watercolor thing without like the line drawing because of the way that that's done. It's not as detailed as normal watercolor. I would feel weird giving that to a client because it feels so unfinal to me. Um, Cammie, your artwork is so different because like you're not making a ton of like tweaks in Photoshop. Like, yeah, you're moving around like the little houses or churches that you paint on the map, but the original painting is like gorgeous. It's actually a work of art. (laughs) So I think it like, uh, it just differs from person to person. Um, if I do pet portraits for a wedding suite, I totally try to send those along. Like I try to be a lot neater about my process for creating that artwork, but like on a wedding suite I'm working on right now, like I have all sorts of practice images and painting and stuff on the same page that like my official painting is on not that that matters because sometimes people still like getting that stuff but I just don't advertise it because that's not something I feel comfortable advertising if I don't feel like I have something I can actually like give them yeah I don't like guarantee they're getting everything but I'm definitely cognizant of when I'm creating like like I said with a pet portrait or something like their venue that I know we're going to put in the crest I'm like I'm going to do this as like I'm going to have to paint it anyway, so I might as well do it where they can keep it. So like things that they want to keep. I'm not going to send them like the random little tidbits of the crest, like tiny little flowers or just like little accents that I'm like, oh, I need this and I'll just, you know, paint an anchor really quick. I'm not going to send that. But something that like they'll treasure, um, pet portraits, venues, the florals, those kinds of things. I'm definitely going to send those (laughs) just for fun. So Yeah. I mean, those are so beautiful. I would want those too if I had like hired you to do do my work for an invitation suite. But I do love the idea of making a nice print for them, right? If there's like a venue, putting the venue. I love I love to do it with their crest too, like send over, like maybe I'll send over mugs with their crest on it or in the print too. I like to just send a lot of stuff. So Yeah. I think <laughs> I if I were to really adopt fun. something, I would adopt it in that way instead of like the original. I think there could be just like that insecurity for me too. I'm like, I don't want you to have the original because I don't really want you to see my process. Yeah, like, but <laughs> see, that's kind of the cool thing. You're like, wow, look at all that. I think it's cool to see the process. Like my originals still have like pencil marks. Like the originals look very different than a print in watercolor. I mean, like there's just something special about an original that you're never going to be able to capture with a print. Like I don't care if it's a Jaclay or not. Like there's just something special about it that you just can't get anywhere else. And so I think it just shows like the level of craftsmanship and detail that goes into each piece. So I always feel really special sending that to them. Like, I'm like, oh, extra little wedding gift for you guys. Sometimes I even send them stuff like after their wedding. I'm like, oh, happy anniversary for one week. Here's a print of your crest or whatever. Uh-huh. <laughs> so Yeah, I love that. I love that approach. I love the idea of sending something that is related to the artwork, whether it's originals or something else. So yeah. Jess, that's up mm-hmm. to you to decide. <laughs> Totally. And I think you okay. can still price higher if you're not providing the originals because I definitely a- price higher and I don't normally provide them. So Amen. You don't need to worry about that. That's not like – that's just like a little bonus. It's not like uh, relevant of your pricing. Yeah. Or what am I – not relevant. What's the word? Reflective. Ah, oh, there yes, we go. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, that's perfect. Uh, okay. Um, I'll ask this question. This is from at Torch in Canvas on Instagram. And the question is, hey, ladies, any advice on how to find a reliable print shop slash paper source for getting started with printing greeting cards and invitations? I have no idea where to begin. Oh, my gosh, guys. So first of (laughs) all, (laughs) 
Uh, we cannot tell you how many times we've heard the sentence, I have no idea where to begin because honestly, finding reliable vendors in print shops is so overwhelming because um, you could do Google searches for days and there's just endless options. So first, you could take the actual time to Google and figure all of this out. And luckily, Cammy and I actually have a podcast episode all about this, how to find vendors. It's episode 10. So it would have been released uh, three or four weeks ago now. So you can go back and listen to that. And then two, we have an awesome new resource for you guys for our biz community called the A to Z directory. And that has been just like the greatest and the coolest thing. And I'm going to turn it over to Cammie so she can talk about it some more. I mean, literally, if you're not a member of the A to Z directory at this point, then what are you doing with your life? Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to yell. I didn't mean to get angry with you guys. But um, no, it really is such an awesome resource. You don't have to ask questions about where do I find a vendor for this? It's right there. Like literally anything you can think of. And of course, if you can't find it in the directory or just need a little extra guidance, just post about it in our private Facebook group. You can get ask questions to our community and to us. Um, so we all want to help each other out with just utilizing that vendor directory as much as possible. And utilizing the community that we've built so we have good reviews and have the best vendors possible in, in the industry. So this, if you have no idea where to begin, this is where you to begin. <laughs> like, don't even worry about anything else. Start here for sure. Yeah, this is the starting point because at the end of the day, we want you guys to search less and create more, which is why this exists. Um, it's a list of literally like 250 vendors. And Cami has done such a great job, like adding little annotations and notes and links for you guys. So you'll know exactly where we personally print greeting cards and invitations if you want to use that vendor. But there's other vendors on there too because because not every vendor is the perfect or the right option for every single designer and stationer out there. We each kind of have to figure out what works for us, but this is the place to be, basically. <laughs> Definitely. And if you want to get um, access to that, it's bizbirthdaybash.com slash directory. So super easy to get to. And it's $147 um, yearly membership, which is awesome. Like it's a steal and it's constantly updating. So yeah, get in on that and be in the know on the vendors. Heck yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I'll read this next question. This is from at the lefty rights on Instagram. And this question says, have either of you dealt with burnout or just no self-motivation? How long has it lasted and how did you get through it? What would you say to someone who hasn't gone full-time yet, but feels that lack of motivation? Is that a red flag that I shouldn't go full-time? I feel like I'm about to get super therapeutic with this, but oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> let's break this down into a couple of sections because there's a couple of questions going on here. So the first one is, have either of you dealt with burnout or just no self-motivation? Obviously, the answer is yes. Cam and I have both experienced definitely no self-motivation, and I would say burnout in different seasons. However, I personally am super, super conscious of the fact that I have watched other friends and people in the industry burn themselves out. So I'm doing the best I can to kind of counteract that and avoid that before it happens, before I reach official burnout. And I consider burnout to be like, you hate what you're doing. Like, how would you define burnout, Cammy? Burnout to me, yeah, you just hate what you're doing. You're completely over it. There's no spark left at all. And you're just like, 
I'm over it. I don't want to move forward with this at all. So that's that's burnout to me. Yeah. So So you can recover from burnout, but that's like a much longer process than just dealing with not having self-motivation. So not having self-motivation can seriously happen on like a weekly basis. (laughs) Like sometimes there's just days where you're not getting in the groove or you are discouraged or you're feeling imposter syndrome. There's so many things that plug into self-motivation. So it's really important, I think, to take some time to reflect. I know that sounds so cheesy, but just sit down maybe for 10 minutes and jot some notes about like, why are you feeling dread? What are you feeling dread about doing? Or where are you feeling like, what are you feeling like you don't want to work on? Like, what is it in your business where you're lacking self-motivation to kind of be like a little introspective about it? And then I cannot stress this enough. Sometimes when you're feeling no self-motivation or you're feeling a feeling of dread, you just have to stop. Like there have been days before where I'll be like in the morning, I'll be an hour into dressing envelopes and I feel like nothing is going right. I can't get anything done that I want. I literally stop. Like a lot of times I stop, I'll go do something completely different for like three hours. I'll get out of the house. I'll go get coffee at Marietta Square. Maybe I'll go to Barnes and Noble. There's all sorts of things. Maybe I go shop for groceries. Like I do something completely not business related. And sometimes I just do that for a few hours and then come back in the afternoon and try, try again, quote unquote. Or sometimes I just take the day off. Like I kind of know myself well enough now to know what I'm feeling. Um, would you say that's kind of similar for you, Cami? Yeah. Same for me when I have no self-motivation. Um, when you just have, sometimes you just get those days and you're like, I am not going to do anything today. I'm just, nothing is happening. Yeah. So I mean, you just got to embrace it. Like, I'm just like, all right, nothing is happening. I'm not going to sit here and just wallow in myself, my no self-motivation because that just makes it worse for me. Cause I'm like, you're not being productive. You're just sitting here. So if I like turn my attention to doing something that's just for myself, like you said, go to the Goodwill, go grocery shopping, you know, make cookies. I don't know. Go to the gym. Have just like take a day for yourself. That is totally fine. Like you need those mental health days to just kind of take a step back because it can get very overwhelming with running your own business. And then like once you hit that brick wall, like uh, if you don't know where to begin, that's a lot of time when I get no self-motivation is like the analysis paralysis. And so like taking a step back and just like recenter my brain and get me focused on what I actually need to do. So yeah, doing things outside of your business. Um, and then how long has it lasted? Mine typically only lasts like a day or two. Like yeah. I don't, I'm pretty optimistic and get going. I'm so sorry if that doesn't really help, but um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, um, yeah, I can pick myself up and put on a happy face and get back in the swing of things. Like I'm one of those, a type of the type of person that like doesn't hold grudges and like completely forgets an argument and like, like that. So that kind of like negative thing is just like, oh, I had that. Now it's gone and yeah. I'm ready to start again. I mean, so. I think it's all about how you're like channeling energy in your business as well, because maybe you're lacking self-motivation to create art for a client, but you're not lacking self-motivation to blog. This will happen to me sometimes where I'm like, oh gosh, I'm just like dreading this task. I could not get myself to do it. So sometimes I just like give in and do what I love for a couple hours instead, because then that can help kind of like funnel my energy back into the other tasks that I feel more of a duty to. <laughs> duty. Oh, you did. You said it. <laughs> I was I know that's, that's kind of the same for me. Like for me, action leads to motivation. So I'll just force myself to start, um, doing something and then I'm like, Oh, I'm feeling good again. Or yeah. Like she said about client work. Sometimes I just, am like, I can't focus on this client work. I'm just going to paint something for myself. And that 
gets my mind back in the right mindset for being motivated again. Sometimes you just got to do something, take some time for yourself. And that kickstarts your your motivation once again. Yeah. And I want to touch on one other thing really quick because I started to notice a huge lack of self-motivation when it came to projects that I was sick of doing. So this goes back to when I was doing a lot of wood signs or I was doing day of wedding stationery, this kind of stuff that like didn't make me feel alive in my business. It didn't ignite a spark. I didn't feel any excitement. So this could just mean you have to niche down a little bit, like focus on what you really, really love and enjoy in your business. Like literally the two services I offer now are custom wedding invitations and envelope addressing. And those are both things I really enjoy. I cut out all the other nonsense out of my business because I was like, this leads to no self-motivation. It leads to me like resenting my work. So that could be something that you could think about too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was super insightful and helpful. Yeah. Just take some (laughs) reflective time. I love that. So true. Um, Okay. Then second part of the question, um, is this a red flag that she shouldn't go full time? Oh, because she's, okay. Yeah. She hasn't gone full time yet. And is this a red flag? Um, Okay. So part of the burnout, I'm assuming you're feeling, gosh, this feels like therapy, but it's kind of fun. (laughs) I'm assuming some of the burnout is from the fact that you aren't full time because if you're working a day job or you're working a day job and you have kids and you're trying to run a business, I mean, you're just going to feel tired no matter what you're doing. So this is, I feel like a case by case basis. Um, and you once again might have to look at your business and get really introspective and take some time to think things over. But I think this could be more of a feeling of like, you feel like you lack the time to do what you need to do. And sometimes overwhelm can actually manifest itself as not having motivation. Does that make sense, Cam? Yeah, (laughs) that totally makes sense. I was going to say this sounds to me, it's probably just more being overwhelmed. And we were just like, I can't do anything else and not necessarily. And you're just miscategorizing it as burnout and it's really overwhelm. So I don't think this is a red flag of whether you should go full time or not. I just think it's a a time for you to like take a step back and evaluate. Can your can your business support you going full time? Because clearly something has to give on one of these things. And it might be you take a step back from your business for a couple months and just like chill because obviously if it's not your main source of income you have the freedom to do that which is actually really nice um and just refocus or maybe it is time to like take the leap and start planning for that and i think if you're planning to take the leap like what better way to start getting motivated again than like planning for a huge a huge change in your life um by taking the full-time leap so again it is introspective and kind of case by case so that's that's what yeah. I would do. I, might. I know plenty of people who, when they're doing work as a side hustle or they're doing their passion as a side hustle, sometimes they have to take time to put that aside for maybe a month, maybe two months. Like maybe you just take a little less work for now so that you can like really evaluate your feelings in all aspects. Because then like if you start to miss it, I think Cammy's intuition is right. Like I think that this could be like you're at the crux of like the point where you need to decide and the hesitation of that is bringing out this like burnout and and no self-motivation, et cetera, that you're currently feeling. Um, but after two months, you know, of taking it easy and you're not missing it, like that could, that could be another message, but I wouldn't call it a red flag. Like, I think that's strong wording. <laughs> like, it's not like, oh my God, like stop. You shouldn't be doing this anymore. If you're feeling this way, it's just, you got have to be self-conscious about 
like what you kind of need and the direction you're going. Um, this all sounds very woo woo, but I think you there's sound like a, you it. sound like a real a real therapist right now. I'm just like, wow, look at her go. She should do this. You should do business coaching. You're so good at this. <laughs> I, you know what? I think that is down the line for me. I think that could be in like the five to ten year plan. And it, I've even thought yeah, about I think so. Like personal like personal therapy and stuff too is someone who's benefited from therapy a lot in my life um to be able to like listen and help other people but the problem is sometimes I do have a hard time listening because <laughs> I could like <laughs> I think you're good at it like any other person I, I mean I have a hard enough time staying awake during church sometimes because I'm like I'll keep my eyes open like holding my eyes open <laughs> like you know so anyways thanks though that's a nice compliment that you feel that way yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I do. I do feel that way. That's how I feel. Thank you, Miss Therapist. Okay, <laughs> oh, I'll go ahead and read this last one. So okay. Tammy and I actually just recently had this question come through, but we thought it would be important to address it in this Q and cake because it is specifically in regards to Q and cake number two uh, when we talked about how many clients we take per year. So the question is, can one sustain a comfortable living just doing custom invitations, or would you say it is necessary to find ways of getting passive income or taking on other smaller scale projects to supplement your salary? And this is from at Mariko underscore creative. Well, the short answer to this is you can absolutely make a very comfortable living just doing custom invitations. I think um, this question came because we mentioned like I only take on eight to 10 custom invitation clients a year. And that is by personal choice. Um, I do that because I am balancing out other parts of my business as well. So if I wanted to just do custom invitations and make a living with that, I would probably up that number, but that's truly the, my max right now. <laughs> like that is my max. Um, and so other parts of my business would be like, obviously the product, wholesale, retail side, affiliate, custom work, biz birthday bash. We make money doing this, the education side. Um, but yeah, you can totally make a great living doing custom work. Now you do have to have your prices ready to go and lined up correctly and not charge like $2 an hour. Um, but yeah, it's definitely very, very possible. And the reason we take on less clients is by personal choice. So we can focus on other aspects on, of our business that we love doing. Yeah, I know for sure. There's definitely creatives out there who do specifically just wedding invitations, but they're taking on like 24 ish clients a year, maybe 24 to 30, um, where they're just doing yeah. like massive like production and something that comes with that too is a lot of these people will have semi-custom lines because that gives them like a base for design and then sh they can you know build their business off of that as well so yes you could do only just custom imitations but I would say that the industry as a whole um has kind of allowed for people to have you know, more than just like doing imitations, if that makes sense. And when I say the industry, I'm just talking about like the workforce in general. So like, it's really yeah. cool because Cami and I have the ability to not only do imitations, but also teach you guys and release resources as well. Like we have two markets we can work with here. We can educate and we can provide work and services for clients such as custom wedding imitations. I think I would be super bored if I did only custom wedding invitations all the time. <laughs> I like having the <laughs> diversity in my business. I love Biz Birthday Bash. Like Cami and I are su both super passionate about it. Um, but in terms of like 
getting super nitty gritty, I'll just be really honest. If I book my goal of 12 clients this year for custom wedding invitations that book by me, book me by the end of 2019 and they all spend $5,000 average, then that would be $60,000 of revenue, which I tend to plan for like 50% of that goes towards, um, materials, supplies, taxes. So that would leave me at 30,000. That's just the 30,000 for that client work specifically for custom wedding invitations. If you look at all of the other aspects of my business, businesses, (laughs) such as Biz Birthday Bash, uh, the resources I have on my website, like my mailing agreement and my calligraphy workshop guide, wax seals. I mean, products are a huge one, definitely for Cami. Like, Oh, yes. So many bigger areas of revenue. And Cami, correct me if I'm wrong, but do your products bring in more than custom work now? Yeah, my product side of my business is actually what sustains my business. Like the wedding invitations, I just do those because I love them. Um, and because I, I, you can make some money doing that too, but that's just like extra income for me. The product side of my business has definitely grown and is the main source of revenue for me. So um, I don't feel like I need to take on more than eight to 10 clients a year. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're the lucky ones, you guys. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. So, Sorry. <laughs> for, for Mariko Creative, if it's your intention to only do custom wedding invitations, you can of course do that. You're just going to be doing a lot more clients per year than what Cami and I are doing. Um, that's kind of up to you to figure out how you want to structure your business and approach everything. But hopefully that offers some clarity too. If anybody else was confused about the fact that we talk about only taking on this many clients. There are a lot of other ways that we're making money in our businesses. (laughs) That is right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So hopefully that answered your question on that. And we wish you the best of luck in your creative endeavors doing just custom invitations because that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, Okay. So let's see. Was that our last question for Q and Q? Yeah, that was the last one. We... We were straight into the point. I'm so proud of us. <laughs> oh, man. No, we didn't do any crazy tangents. We were very focused. Look at us. Okay. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of Q and Cake. Of course, if you have questions that you want to submit for Q and Cake, you can always go to our website, bizbirthdaybash.com slash Q and Cake and submit your questions there. We love reading from you guys, reading from y'all and hearing from y'all. So it's always so fun when we get the emails with the questions. Um, some of you guys write novels, though. You got to calm down on those because we can't read them all out loud. But keep asking your questions um, and we will talk to you next time on Tuesday. Yay. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hey guys, if you haven't figured out already, Kimmy and I are kind of goofballs and can't really help ourselves, so we've decided to include some bloopers in this episode. So here you go. Hey y'all, welcome to Cute and Cake number three. We love these episodes because it feels like we get to connect with you guys a little bit and answer your burning questions that you submitted on our website. So um, today's Cute and Cake. Oh shoot, Elizabeth. <laughs> <laughs> Wow.
that's what you do. You were doing so well. I know. I just like, like totally blank. You know why? It's 5.06 p.m. I know. (laughs) I know. I know. You're going to have to push through it. We have to get it done. I know. We're getting it done. Hold on. We'll just, we're going to do this in like 25 to 30 minutes. It might not even take that long. You're right. I was trying to go on a tangent, but I'm done. All right. I'm starting over. Here we go. And pause and go. Whew. So there's a couple of different answers to this question. One, you can kind of search locally. Um, and uh, just we listen to episode some... 10, right? <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can start over. <laughs> cool. oh, I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. It's okay. But... I'm not actually mad. <laughs> I need you to know that I'm not actually mad. I'm just laughing. I'm like, I was getting there. (laughs) What an idiot. I'm like, what is she doing? (laughs) Uh, Okay. 